You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network. Never say never again. <laughs> Somebody once said about James Bond, and now we're going to say it about Survivor, because the show that we told you, we don't have time to cover this season. We found some time. Um, whether we're going to do this every week or not, who knows? But we are here to at least start on Survivor, David versus Goliath, Season 37, and Episode 1. We're here to talk about the 90-minute premiere, Appearances Are Deceiving. And uh, we've got, uh, as, as usual, we have you know two of the all-time greats here on the Oz Network, one of which has played this game before, and the other of which has almost finished this episode <laughs> as we record this. Uh, let me introduce first the man who uh, can... Tell us all about the, the rights and the wrongs of all the players in the game and uh, how much he loved being at his finale. <laughs> Billy Garcia, Survivor Cook Island, Season 13. Billy, you're back uh, to talk about Survivor. Only one season after covering every single episode for us here on this network. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean Connery's got nothing on Billy Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> you can now be the Sean Connery of the Oz Network. <laughs> Yes, yes, I can. I'll I'll just remake Thunderball a third time. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, uh, the Timothy Dalton of the Oz Network, Anthony Rossi, done with uh, Amazing Race, here to talk about Survivor. Um, Hopefully you have watched this episode. Uh, Please tell me you have watched this episode, Rossi. Uh, I have watched it. Will I remember everything? <laughs> Not certain, but I have seen it all, all 90 or so minutes or whatever it was. I've watched it. Can't say I remember everything. Can't say I know anyone's name, but I'm here. <laughs> well, we should start off by saying we are here talking about Survivor. You're not tuning into an old episode. This is season 37, David Griffith's Goliath. And we did put out a post uh, probably about a month or so ago You know that we unfortunately wouldn't be covering Survivor this season. And we're holding to it. We probably won't cover every episode of Survivor this season. But I wanted to at least do something for the premiere. Maybe we'll come back for you know a mid-season one finale. Or maybe this show's going to be so good that every single week it's like, we got to record something. we got to talk about this. But for now, we're going to talk about at least the premiere. So just going around the table here, uh, what did you think about the premiere of 37, uh, season 37, Billy? Uh, well, first of all, it was the right size. I've long since been saying that Survivor should be a 90-minute show. Mm-hmm. So it was the right size. And because it was the right size, we got character development. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. We actually got to see people be people <laughs> and not just jump from challenge to challenge. And then somebody that was invisible in the in the edit goes out. Like, that was always my pet peeve in the last several seasons. Rossi, what did you think? Did you like the 90-minute premiere? I thought it was appropriate. Um, we were, we've covered some shows where it's like 90 minutes. And we're like, geez, they're really stretching the air. <laughs> like, there's so much filler in this. I don't know how to get through it. But I don't think in this, there was no filler. There was no gaps. There was, it was just perfectly edited. We had everything we wanted. We, we had camp stuff that we don't normally get. We had strategy. We had idols. We had decent challenges. We had backstories. We had just like everything and we had bad weather, like mm-hmm. everything you want in one episode this had. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with what both of you said. Uh, I think the character development, for one, just like you said, Billy, it was incredible in this episode. And, and we're used to maybe two, three episodes in getting to know characters now. 
that I was shocked at, as much as, like you said, Rossi, I don't remember half these people's names because it's been two days now. I turned to my wife, you know, with maybe half an hour left in the episode. I'm like, you know what's crazy? Is that if you show me pictures of these people a week from now, you know, before the next episode goes up, I'm going to remember what this person did. I'm going to remember the, the story this person had. I'm going to remember what this person's character was, what their background was. At least half of these people we got to know in some capacity in this episode. And I, I think there have been a lot of seasons, especially recently, where we're four, even five of us, we're getting close to the merge. There have been merge episodes where I still don't know who somebody is in this show. So <laughs> on top of that, even like you were saying, Rossi, with the editing, I mean, there there were some things that did different in this season. I know when we talked about Amazing Race, the U.S. version at the beginning of uh, this year, back in January, February, whenever it was, Rossi, that uh, they tried to change up the editing in a certain way that just it felt weird. And I wasn't sure, okay, well, are we just so used to the show that we don't like this? But I felt like the changes in editing this season, you know, it, it wasn't even like I was watching classic survivor sometimes you get those premieres where it's like oh yeah it feels like an old school season this felt new school but it felt new school in a good way like there it's fresh if that makes any sense yeah i totally agree um i'll say this um the editing was so different that i kind of even though we're only one episode in i kind of get the impression that this is like the first of a new era of survivor mm -hmm. like uh, each era had their their um, what's the word I'm looking for? Had their style to them, their feel. Now you could you could almost see like a like just like a a, a little a little snippet of, of 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 one episode and go, oh yeah, this is definitely from the OG era of Survivor. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, this is totally from from the uh, the uh, the uh, All Star era of Survivor. So this is like um, I think like we got a little glimpse or not a glimpse, but we got a nice nice taste of what this new era that this season is is kicking off. And uh, to, to add one more little thing uh, about not remembering names and stuff, I think that has a lot to do with we got a lot of average names. We got a lot of yeah. Jane, uh, uh, I mean, Johns and Natalies and, and, and that sort of average names and, and not, not very, you know, uh, we, we don't have any, any different, different uh, type of nicknames or go by last names or something like that just yet. Uh, I think for the longest time, people kind of broke up Survivor into those different eras. Like you had the original show, which maybe let's say that's up to, you could argue Vanuatu, Palau. And then when the Immunity Isles came in, then you had sort of that to Heroes versus Villains. And then came the gimmick era of Survivor, which you would think because this is called David and Goliath is still the gimmick era. But like, I, I agree with you. It, it feels like this is the next stage in the show and I'm not hating it. And, I think they've actually toned down a lot of the gimmicks too. Uh, so far, we only know, not even through watching the show, but we only know that there's one real twist this season with this idol nullifying uh, thing that's coming up. I don't know if either of you followed that. But yeah. uh, we, we had this opening challenge as well, which was like, you know, similar to Samoa, where you pick one person or two people from your tribe. This was kind of the other way around, where it's like you nominate somebody and we had this opening challenge. I gotta be honest i fast forward challenges on survivor <laughs> a lot of the time uh but i wanted to watch this opening one because it was presented in a different way now i do have some complaints with how it was presented where you had you know the the goliath tribe say pick the two weakest members i think it was and then pick your two strongest yeah. and then they said okay well you now the david tribe you can pick this and that it, it felt to me in the editing like they were slanting who you're supposed to cheer for which 
I tweeted this out, and I think it kind of makes sense that you know David versus Goliath just alone. Nobody says, "Oh, I want to be Goliath in that story." I mean, Goliath's uh, sure a monster, but he you know was killed by a tiny little man pretty easily. And then the way that they set this up, where you know, oh, oh the Goliath, you get to pick on the little guy. And then as soon as they pick those people, they're like, oh, we got this. It's like this douchey way patting themselves in the back, high-fiving. It almost seemed like they were encouraging the audience. We want you to hate this Goliath tribe. And I kind of joked that, you know, are they going to do like Saints versus Racists one season? Because it seems like the show is really pushing hardcore. We want you to cheer for David. But then as soon as that challenge was over... Like, when the character stuff started, it was the Goliath tribe that felt like they were the underdogs. Like, they were the ones getting the personal stories with, you know, the, uh, the, the, the drug addicted mother and, uh, everything else. And the, the, um, nope. the guy who. Wrong. What? Wrong? I'm wrong? You're correcting me? It's the David tribe. Yeah, Nick is on the David okay. tribe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who's the, the guy I'm thinking about, uh, uh, different story. The, the guy who lost like 300 pounds or whatever it was. Yeah, that. Yeah, he was like the first character profiled. So when that first challenge was going on, I thought, oh, is this show just going to be pushing? You got to cheer for David. You got to hate Goliath. Uh, but then as soon as they got into the character stuff, it almost felt like they wanted you to sympathize more with the Goliaths. You know, just as a way to counter that. But what did you guys think of that opening challenge, Billy? Did you like that challenge and the way that each tribe had an advantage, but it wasn't like a clean cut thing? It's like. One of you, because you're a David, you're going to have the strength advantage. And because, or you're, because you're a Goliath, you're going to have a strength advantage. And because you're a David, you get the mental advantage. Well, I think what they did was they played to the stereotypes in that. The, the stereotype would be that a Goliath would want their strongest players against the other opponent's weakest players. And that's the stereotype. Mm-hmm. And then they went with the stereotype of the David that the David would want uh, to, to, uh, to uh, pick what the what the obstacles and the challenges would be uh, to stack the deck against the Goliath and help them get forward because the David would rely on brains over bronze. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's all they did was just play the stereotypes in that first challenge uh, with, with how the challenge was selected and, and so on. And uh, being on a season where they played the stereotypes, <laughs> <laughs> racial stereotypes, like I totally get what production is doing and getting that out of the way so that they could focus on the characters during the the, the rest of the episode mm-hmm. and the rest of the season. I totally get it. Um, did it did it work on my season? <laughs> For you? <laughs> For anybody else? Yeah. So maybe this is like a do over. Maybe they think they could get that done better. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. But um, I will say I agree with you that right now. Um, even though we got interesting stories on both sides, the Goliath seemed to have been humanized along yeah. the way. And that probably was on purpose because of that slant of that opening segment. Mm-hmm. Rossi, what did you think of the opening challenge? It was definitely a little strange. I was, I was very unsure when Jeff's like, all right, pick your strong people, pick their weak people. I was like, what is going on? Like, is he just going <laughs> to run this fake challenge where the, it's going to be like a lifting contest and these good Davids can't even lift like a twig and it's like going to be so embarrassing and like that's the story we're telling this season or whatever. But I'm glad that it was like a more balanced, like you get to pick this part but you get to pick that part. I do think the like twist David Goliath seems to be like strength versus like brains, mm-hmm. but I think that's just a casting thing because 
like if you look at the Goliath tribe, there's so many like beefy people and super strong like people. Mm-hmm. And then all the Goli- uh, David seems to be a bit more nerdy. Like you've got yeah. Gabby and Christian, like and and even people like Nick are more nerdy. They're not like stereotypically like they're like stereotypically brainy. So it's like it's like there's a bit of a disconnect in terms of like the values that they're going to do well, like the challenges they'll do well in and stuff. So, I mean, it's interesting to see what challenges come up in later episodes. And I think there's a good balance too. Uh, like the Goliath tribe also has, you know, the oldest woman on this season who is clearly not fitting in. I can't wait to talk about her. But yeah. also like when I think about Goliath, when I think about, you know, uh, a, a man, just a mountain of muscle. I think of Mike White. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. But, and I'm, I love he's on this season, but when they announced what the twist was for this season, and if uh, anybody's not familiar, Mike White was on, uh, was it season 14 of Amazing Race, Rossi? Do not ask me any numbers. I will not <laughs> He was on a season with Eight. his father, but... Twice. Yeah, and he, I guess he was, I even remember when he was on Amazing Race, I knew who he was prior to that because he's a filmmaker. Like, they mentioned this episode, he wrote School of Rock, but he's like, he's written and directed several movies. He's on the Goliath tribe, obviously, because he's, I guess, successful in Hollywood, but nobody's going to look at this guy and say, well, he's a Goliath uh, in terms of, like, challenge performance or anything. So I'm glad they have a balance with these because you also know that they're going to shake up the tribes right away, like, that's the other thing is uh, we've gotten to so many of these seasons where they have these twists like millennials versus gen x or brains versus bronze versus beauty and you know the the whole twist is only gonna last three episodes so i don't know it just feels like there's something different in this season where even if you do mix these tribes up it still is david versus goliath you know like uh it's almost like a men versus women season you can come back to that at the end of the season and say you know, okay, which gender came out on top, men or women? And you can come back to it at the end of this season and say, you know, who came out on top, the David or the Goliath? But um, can we take just guesses as to how long they're actually going to remain two tribes? That You know, is is this something that's going to be, I don't know, a three-episode thing? Is this one season where there's a possibility they'll just keep the tribes even all the way to the merge? Billy, what do you think? I think they, it's possible that they could, you know... Uh pull the old three tribe thing and uh, wait till the first two are out and then switch them up into three tribes. That's an option because they started with 20, you get down to 18 and with 18, you can get three tribes. Mm-hmm. So that's always a possibility when you start out with two tribes of 10. Um, I will say about uh, Mike is that he's an entertainment Goliath. Uh, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, and and as, for, as for Goliath being the, uh, the uh, de facto villain, uh, you know the history. The history books are written by the winners. <laughs> in this case, in the Bible, you know uh, David was the winner of that battle. Where, but Goliath, like, he was a conqueror. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't like he showed up and that was his first fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was after a long career. Um, so uh, one could argue that David caught him on the back end of his career, his <laughs> <laughs> conquest career. Uh, <laughs> Rossi, oh, um, keep going, Billy. Uh, no, no, I was just laughing. Uh, Rossi, do you have a prediction? <laughs> Are we going to get a two-tribe thing straight to emerge, or do you think there's going to be a swap coming pretty early? Okay, I don't know where I read this or I heard this, but I saw or someone said something that they were not going to have a tribe swap this season. Mm-hmm. Like there was some article that was published or something where someone said that, oh, they're not doing a tribe swap, which would have been like first time since South, South Pacific that they didn't do that or something. 
And now I can't find it. So I'm not sure if that's confirmed or not, but I think depending on how these challenges go, if it's these super strong challenges, then I'm afraid that not having a tribe swap is going to kill the Davids here. Like we're going to come to emerge like with two Davids or something like it's just going to be really rough if these challenges are not equally stacked in terms of, you know, broad brain strategy and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, if it did come back down to that, I mean, I think it worked for Palau. You kind of, I guess that's the other thing is that if that is a rumor, is that something that came out before the season? Like, I doubt that they ever really go into a season and say, we're going to play this down the middle. Honestly, tribe swaps, I doubt it's something where we know exactly on this day, we're going to swap the tribes. You know, it's probably something where they play it on the fly and they're like, uh, Hey, let's, let's, uh, get this Billy Garcia. Let's do a tribe swap now. (laughs) But, um, but I, yeah, yeah. In my case, it was the other. Yeah, it was, it was, it was. Oh crap! What did the Spanish tribe just do? <laughs> Let's swap them. Let's swap them. We're gonna get taken off the air. Let's yeah. Swap them. <laughs> Let's merge. <laughs> so I would hope then that you know if this is a possibility that there's not gonna be a tribe swap, it is because this is gonna be a very even season, and we'll just see them trading victories back and forth. I think those are the most fun seasons too. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if there's like a Sudoku challenge or something like that, like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey! But uh, in, all, in all seriousness, um, you know, if the David tribe would have had like another, uh, I guess we're jumping ahead here. But if the David tribe would have had like another um, uh, thirty seconds or so, they'd have won. They'd they'd have beat the, the Goliaths. Yeah. Yeah, they they were literally like seconds away. And I mean, even in that first challenge, uh, you know, obviously the they were pretty much even for the physical part of it. And then when the mental part came, I mean, that's when Davis came in. But it was a very brief challenge. We really aren't at a point where we can gauge one tribe has a clear advantage over the other one. Um, even if you look, like, if you look at them divided down the middle, like you said, there's some that are brains, some that are brawn. <laughs> this could have been another theme season, but. The challenges we've seen so far, it is, well, let's just say the challenge is the survivor period. It's run out into the water, do something physical, do a puzzle. So uh, I think everybody's going to have a fair shake here. Uh, one thing we have to talk about is, is this the earliest showmance we've ever had in the history of Survivor? <laughs> uh, you're going to have to, somebody's going to have to remind me of the names of our, our uh, objects here. <laughs> the episode one showmance. Um, who remembers their names? Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, no. Uh, well, we, we we mentioned it was the cop that lost three hundred pounds, yeah. and then and, the blonde and, that's on his tribe. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, like I said, they have average names. Like we need to. Uh, I, this, you know, I'm sure they're trying to leave the gimmick era. This is part of what they're doing mm-hmm. is that they're weaning themselves off the gimmicks. But uh, you know, memorable names is, is just. <laughs> vital to reality tv <laughs> just if i got away with it because i was like the only billy in the history of survivor until bill posey came around and even then it's it's bill not yeah billy. you're lucky you're a <laughs> billy <laughs> yeah exactly but when you're like the up teeth natalie and the uh the the 110th john mm. like <laughs> <laughs> You just have to go by the mayor's lamb town. John doesn't cut it. <laughs> now I do know. I mean, I'm never gonna forget cowboy. Like, yeah, exactly. How do you, 
<laughs> are we ever going to have another cowboy? What are the odds? <laughs> Look, Seku was the first one out of my season, but when I dropped the name Seku, all Survivor fans know exactly who Exactly, he is. yeah. I mean, like, I'm going to remember Kara. Kara is, I, I pinpointed one of them because that was the whole Supergirl conversation they had. Uh, exactly. But yeah, the guy can't remember his name. Uh, but what about this show, man? It's like, I guess on one hand, I'm looking at it thinking they're already aware that if anything does happen, they have to keep it under wraps. But like, they are so out there in the first episode. And, and you always have to wonder with these, uh, you know, is it going to become a Robin Amber thing or is it going to become a Colby and Jerry? Where I think it would be hilarious if they're just like all over each other now. And then three episodes from now, they can't even, you know, look at each other and they can't even make eye contact. But I don't know what would have happened if, let's say, Billy, you found love <laughs> in episode one well, of Cook Island. Well, let's just say, or episode two. Or episode two. <laughs> you find love, Candace, episode two, Cook Islands. Are you going to be one who wants to keep, well, we know you didn't go this route, but in retrospect, do you think it's going to matter to keep under wraps? Is there a way to keep this under wraps? Well, well, let's just say let's just say I wasn't eliminated in episode. Two. Yeah, exactly. In episode three, in episode three, we had the tribal shift, the tribal swap, whatever, where we got the two tribes out of four. Mm-hmm. And let's say Candace and Adam would have ended up together, and I on that tribe. Mm-hmm. Candace and Adam were an item in episode one and two, and then I show up. <laughs> <laughs> or better yet, let's say they were stayed separated, <laughs> and I was on a tribe with Candace. And, and Adam is on the other tribe. Like, you know, there's just there's just so much that could happen with a show match, which is why it really is a bad mm-hmm. idea. Um, on Survivor, at least, you know, on Amazing Race, I guess because it isn't a vote out. Yeah, you can get away with a show match, but on Survivor, it's just it's a bad idea because you're basically saying that your strategy is to walk through a landmine to get to the million dollars mm-hmm. or, or a landfill, you know, a field of landmines. Uh, what do they call that? I don't even know. And I was in the military. <laughs> but the- <laughs> Rossi and I aren't going to know. Don't ask us. <laughs> a minefield. That's yeah. how it's kind of <laughs> A minefield. But that's basically what your strategy is, is to walk through a minefield where anything you say in a relationship could blow up in your face at any mm-hmm. moment. And I'll add the pressure and, and all the stuff that goes with Survivor with the, with the deprivation and all that. And... A, 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 a little bit of a bad relationship moment could turn into the end of your game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 I, and I'm always reminded of how it hurt Figgy to be in a show man yeah. and Millennials versus Gen X <laughs> to where she was a very, very good player who who was in a show man with a very, very bad player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And it completely upended her game. And didn't this happen again also with with uh, with the big blabbermouth that uh, that uh, in a different season that sent home that basically cost the uh, the virgin her her spot in the game? I forget their names. <laughs> they didn't have memorable enough names. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I could totally see this completely upending the better of the two players' game. And Dan, I well, found I the picture. Get... It's Dan. Uh, go ahead, Rossi. The only thing I don't get is like. It's day one. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> I mean, like, I get, like, love at first sight, I guess, is a thing. But, geez, these people are very, like, desperate if they're like, oh, first day on Survivor. I don't know your name yet, but you're just, he he was, like, really creepy, too, because he was like, you're my kryptonite. <laughs> like, what? 
this is if someone said that to you in public, you would run the opposite direction. Here they're like so charmed and then it's just I cannot believe they're doing this day one. Like if this was like six days in, I get it more, like after spending like twenty four hours in the rain, everything, but this is day one. All they did was lose a challenge, and now they're like, hey, you want to make out? Like, we'll do it in private. Like A challenge they didn't even participate in, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, in their defense, in their defense, I I, I will say you're you're surrounded by a lot of people that are – that you know want to slit your throat. Like, at at this point in Survivor history, even in my – in my season, which was only season thirteen, like at that point in Survivor in Survivor history, you know that the overwhelming majority of the people that you're surrounded by want to slit your throat, like they're assassins. And so, when you're surrounded by assassins and nobody to fall back on, like it's easy to like just all of a sudden your emotions go where in a you know to, towards someone that would have been like a four, all of a sudden go to forty. Mm-hmm. So whether it's on a positive end, like, hey, I would have liked this person, and it, you, you know, on a scale of one to ten, we I'd have liked them like a on a four level, and now all of a sudden I'm on a forty, or on the negative end where I would have disliked this person on a four level, but because you know the situation went, I hate this person on a forty mm-hmm. level. Like you get that because of the situation you're in uh, with Survivor, it amplifies everything, everything. If you got like a splinter. That splinter is the worst splinter in the history of your life. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, I'm gonna lose a finger. <laughs> a survivor does that. I, it, it's 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 part of the magic of 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 what the producers, the environment the producers create with Survivor. Uh, I don't I don't even think Big Brother has that to where everything is amplified to that level that quick. Well, I mean, you're weak, too. I mean, I, I would guess even by the end of, like, well, you can tell me. By the end of day one, were you already feeling tired, hungry, hot, exhausted, nauseous? I'm going to tell you a nice, quick little story here. Inside Scoop okay. of Survivor Cook Islands. We, um, in Survivor, uh, the first thing they do in the morning of the game starts is you get into gear, which is your, your clothes for the game, and they take pictures of you and they match it. And they, they match it up to the picture of a, of a stand-in wearing your gear to make sure that you're wearing it the way they envisioned you wearing it. <laughs> that includes the buff. And, um, and then, for us, we got boated out to, to a replica of the bounty because that was the part of the world where the... Well, no, I, I jumped ahead. Then we got big breakfast. It was all-you-can-eat breakfast. All-you-can-eat didn't matter. You could, you could camel up if that was your strategy or, or whatever your strategy was. Many of the people went for the camel up strategy. That's why I mentioned it. Then we got boated out. And then we, when we got to the ship, it was the replica of the bounty uh, because that was where the mutiny bounty happened. So this was not a motorboat that would just, just ram through the waves like you would expect a, a, a modern boat to do. No, it would literally jump up on the waves and back down on the, on, on the, on the, on the, uh, the, uh, the swells. And so with all that up and down, up and down, 90% of the cast, or, or, or 18 out of 20, I don't know what percentage that is, um, was over the bow, puking their guts out. I think it was just me and Cowboy were the only two just st- sitting there, staring at each other, laughing hysterically. Uh, <laughs> while everybody was puking their guts out. Um, and then Jeff Probst comes out, 
and says that we got a minute till the game starts. And Sekou couldn't stop puking. <laughs> and the more that Jeff Probst kept telling him, like, we need to start the game. Like, we're on a schedule. We have to start this at a certain point. He can't tell you why. Uh, it turned out to be because we were going to paddle out to our island and we didn't want to miss our, 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 our embarking point. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it would make the, the trip that much longer. But Sekou just kept getting worse. He, kept, he went from... to It got really bad. So Jeff Probst counted him down. He said, I'm sorry, I got to do this, but I'm going to count down from 10, and you better be ready. <laughs> and he started counting down from 10. And the, every time Jeff Probst hit a lower number, Sekou got worse. Oh. <laughs> He's like, 10, 9, he just got worse and worse. And when Jeff Probst hit one, I don't know how Sekou did it, he swallowed his own puke and was ready to go. <laughs> He was sweating bullets. He had this look on his face that you would expect to see someone who just swallowed like a like a gallon of their own puke. <laughs> he was ready to go. And I can tell you that had to have been exhausting to him. The whole experience of puking your guts out and, and basically showing up with nothing in your stomach and you just puke mm-hmm. had to have totally wasted you know, most of the tribe. So yeah, day one, it's a lot worse than people think it is. It's not it's not from the hotel straight into the yeah. game. No and wonder we, he we was voted out first. <laughs> and we were, yeah, exactly. Uh, and we were we were on that ship for about two and a half hours before the game started. So that puking segment, like, it lasted a long time. <laughs> How does he have anything left? How many pancakes did that guy eat that morning? Uh, I couldn't tell you, but I, I, I just know that I ate, like, like, twice as much as I would normally eat, and I was able to hold it down. Um Sekou, if you remember on 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 the uh the, that first episode, he spent a lot of time saying, "Okay, we're gonna build a shelter," and then he'd get laid out on on on, mm-hmm. on the on the beach. All right, we're gonna start fire. Then he lay himself out <laughs> on the beach. So he was totally, you know, he showed up with like twenty percent of what what he would normally have in in, in a regular everyday situation. Mm-hmm. He he was like just like not himself. So uh, yeah, I, I'm not from that experience. I'm not surprised when when people are already on day one. You know, already amped up to whatever their emotion levels, their their uh, are up, and their physical physical abilities down. I'm, I'm not surprised. We got a couple other major things in this episode to talk about, and I guess we can go through some of the characters here instead of going through like every single person. We'll save Pat obviously for last year, but uh, if everybody just wants to give you know a couple of names that stood out for you in this episode and why they stood out, uh, Rossi, do you want to go first? Um, I will try my best. Um, <laughs> I do think I have everyone. There's some of the women on that Goliath tribe that we don't, I don't know the difference between them yet, but, um, I really kind of, I, okay. First of all, I love Gabby and Christian. I yeah. just think those two nerds are just so fun. <laughs> they have great chemistry together and they pop on TV. It's not like they're like, just kind of these boring like oh i'm nerdy haha like they're just people and they're great to relate to and everything and i just i love them and i want to see a lot more of them kind of like nick i think he was i think some of his stuff was kind of funny when he's like if you just pretend to work at camp you don't actually have to work at camp (laughs) even though that kind of failed within moments of saying it but i just kind of like him i think a lot of the other 
Davids that we didn't really get to see, like the the cowboy woman whose name I don't know, the MMA fighter and stuff. They're they're going to be interesting. We didn't really get too much from them, so I'm curious to see where they go. Um, and in terms of the Goliath, I, I mean, Mike White is just <laughs> he's just a great casting choice. Mm-hmm. Probably for the worst season twist in terms of doing him a service. <laughs> um, he probably got the raw end of the deal here out of anyone. But he's just such a great thing to have. Like He's so different from every other person on the tribe. And Hot Cop's fine. Like, that's it. Alright. I will say uh, on the... On the uh... The David's tribe. Uh, you mentioned the the cowboy chick. Her alliance mate, which is the punk rock girl. Oh yeah. Uh, I love her look. Like Lursa that's what popped me with her. Yeah, yeah. And, and you would think I would remember her name because it's different. Yeah. <laughs> didn't help. It, it didn't help because it never got really didn't get mentioned mm-hmm. all that much, and she didn't get much in the way of confessionals. But uh, I expect going forward to see a lot more of her because her 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 image is great. Her image on any season would stand mm-hmm. out. Um, and then over on the uh, Goliath tribe, uh, the doctor woman, uh, I believe her name is uh, uh, I just, Angela, I think it is. The, 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 the doctor who was part of the first challenge and then called with the caller on the second challenge. We're uh, never going to remember their names. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> she... All, all I gotta say is whoever came up with the wardrobe thing with her bra, <laughs> <laughs> like that—that's gotta be the most malfunctioning bra in Survivor history. <laughs> and, and I'm sure, like, this is probably being said. You know, I saw I caught a little bit of it on Twitter. I think this is being said a lot. Like, it, it caught more than just my attention. I think a lot of people were noticing that, that she was having wardrobe malfunction issues, um, which is. You know, on my season, they were, half our cast was blurred out by the by, by the, like the third or fourth episode. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, she's clearly very involved. Like, um, she seems to be in the middle of everything for the for the mm-hmm. first episode uh, on the Goliath tribe, especially challenge wise. Yeah, well, the Puerto Rican one that you mentioned, Lirsa or whatever. Uh, I completely agree, but this something something's weird. You know, you look at her and you her and you expect she's gonna be a big personality, and then when she speaks, she just seems so much bigger than you expected. Like I honestly believe if she sticks around, I mean, I thought this last year about you know Stephanie, uh, curly haired Stephanie. I think we even mentioned it early in the season. I'm like, wow, she is like the one star in the season. And she's gone like four episodes in. But if Lyrsa yeah. Lyrsa, we're probably pronouncing it wrong. Um, Boston. Boston I'm, Strong here. Uh, if she... I'm Spanish. <laughs> I don't feel so bad anymore. Uh, if she can last even to the merge, I'm betting this is an all-star character because she just has so much personality and it's not forced. And I, This isn't a knock against him, but you know, Christian comes off, off in a way that feels very authentic. Like, you know this is just this guy, but he also feels like such a character, like... You know, they cast him because he's quirky and he has, you know, these mannerisms and this way of speaking and a look that feels distinctive that you haven't necessarily seen a survivor before with Lursa, Lursa, whatever. She just, she feels like such a real person, but like at a 15 instead of, you know, an 11. (laughs) Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing lots out of her. 
Um, I, I'm not going to say I was let down, but you know, my profile pick right now, John Hannigan, aka John <laughs> Morrison, aka Johnny Nitro, aka Johnny Impact, aka Johnny Mundo. Um, you know, he's he's a huge deal. I mean, to get. Uh, a pro wrestler, I think it's, well, let's say it's been done at least two times, right, Billy, <laughs> on Survivor before. Um, uh, let me see if I can list all the pro wrestlers <laughs> here. Um, the first one was Bubba uh, Tra- uh, Travis Sampson, who was Romeo Bliss in WCW, a jobber in WCW. He was in Vanuatu. The, was he uh, a wrestler? I didn't uh, even know that. He was a wrestler before he was wow. a Survivor. And then after Survivor, he didn't really do a whole lot of wrestling. So uh, uh, Johnny Fairplay was a wrestler yeah. after Survivor, but he was a fan before. Um, I was a pro wrestler before Survivor and after Survivor, but never made it to the big time. And then um, I'm trying to remember in Survivor China, Ashley, uh, Ashley Macero, mm-hmm. yeah, she was she was uh, until this point she was the biggest pro yeah. wrestling name that had been on Survivor, but like. John Hennigan, like Johnny Nitro, Johnny Morrison, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Impact. We're going to have to name every single name each time. He was a huge (laughs) deal. And I think he was really big during a period. Like, I was a huge wrestling fan as a kid. I've gotten more into it in the last couple of years again. But even at the points, like the years where he was a big deal, I was barely watching. Whenever I did watch, maybe once or twice a year, he was the highlight. Like, this guy was a huge deal and a big star. And he's been in, like, every promotion. I mean, I would argue he's probably one of the biggest celebrities they've gotten on Survivor. Uh, You know, I almost feel like because of that, he was downplayed a bit in this episode. Obviously, he was in that first challenge, which wasn't really his choice. But the only real confession we got from him was him running down all of his, you know, aliases, all of his nicknames, all of his gimmicks. Um, I'm really hoping we get a lot of them. But, like, I don't know if I I know what this guy's like in real life. You know, he's obviously not going to be like his character, but I'm excited because here's somebody I know really well, and I think that he has a ton of charisma. Like as a wrestler, he has a ton of charisma, and I'm hoping yeah. that he brings that to the show as well. Yeah, yeah. I also think that uh, he, he hit the nail on the head where he's not trying to find out like who he's mm-hmm. been or, or or like what what all you know who he, he wants to find out like who he is as a person. So. He's been he's been playing a character for so long that he's seen Survivor as an opportunity to get in touch with himself. Rossi, are you familiar with Johnny Nitro, John Morrison, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Impact, any of those characters? I can't say that I have until Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday, whenever I watch the episode. I'm going to tell everybody out there who hasn't, you know, this is just me as a wrestling fan saying... Go and watch two things. Watch the entrance when he was John Morrison in WWE. Watch his entrance, which is one of the coolest wrestling intros you've ever seen, where they actually will slow down into slow motion. It's like a rock star entrance. Uh, and watch his finishing move. This guy was like, I mean, he, he's a spectacular athlete. I think he's, I'm hoping that he doesn't just start vomiting, you know, <laughs> for two hours straight and we can really get some good physicality. Cause this is one of these guys that if he can stick around, he could, you know, give like a guy like Colby a run for his money as far as challenges go. Um, uh, go ahead. Yeah, you want to talk about pro his, using his pro wrestling and Survivor? Uh, when we get into the, the the immunity challenge, he used his pro mm-hmm. wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> we we'll get into it when we start uh, recapping the that immunity challenge. But he uses pro wrestling, so he's not like he's not like you know many of the people that have played Survivor that never bring the profession into the game uh 
like in my season, Christina was a cop and never used it. <laughs> so uh, there was no cops are us no. then. <laughs> <laughs> no cops are us then. But uh, yeah, so so he actually got to, and JP was a volleyball player and never got to use it. Um, but he got to use his pro wrestling right off the bat. So uh, yeah, I expect to see a lot more of that. The one character I'm saving for last. It's one that we didn't get a ton out of, but what we did get was so captivating, so compelling to me, and that's Natalie Cole, uh, which I had to, when I saw the names of the cast, I'm like, is that like Natalie Cole the singer? But no, a different one, uh, who's the, the <laughs> older lady on the Goliath tribe, who just gave dirty looks to everybody the whole season. They made that a thing where it's like, she's always just looking at people and everything. And the preview for next week, I mean, you know, this is jumping ahead, but we, we'll, we'll talk about the exit in a second. But if there has ever been a character on Survivor who will kill a person in their sleep. It is this woman. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> she has a crazy look like I have never seen before. And I really want to see like a big blow up out of her. Like I want to see like Sandra style blow up, but like with a sense of danger. With Sandra, you know, like it, it, it's all, it, not all talk in that, you know, she's not going to back it up, but like she's mouthy, but she's probably not going to throw a punch at you on television. Natalie's going to slit your throat for real. <laughs> I'm looking forward to her. Any well, impressions on Natalie? Well, she, yeah, isn't she? The, she, if I remember correct, she's the CEO of a newspaper, and that's like a very yeah. doggy dog business. So, so yeah, I think she slit a few throats already in her life. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not putting it past her uh, to to be the biggest backstabber of the of the season if she gets far enough. Which will be entertaining. Uh, Rossi, what are your impressions on Natalie? I, I like her. <laughs> I think she definitely made a wrong impression with these like young people. She says, oh, I work with these 20-somethings all the time. And then she goes around bossing them like it's their job. Like Clearly, she doesn't know people as well as she thought. But I'm excited to see something from her. Speaking of like another Natalie, I kind of imagine her going at, what is it, Wednesday night, Fright, whatever his name is. What does he call himself? Oh, Johnny Johnny or whatever. Mundo, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Impact. Yeah, I just, in the style of Natalie Anderson going at John Ross, oh. I kind of see it the same way with this Natalie going at this athlete, like, at that same kind of level. Like, super intense, super... Super irritated. Like I just, I kind of expect them to have some sort of clash at some point. Obviously, the that would be the the preview we got for next week shows there's going to be something coming. But uh, just looking at her bio, this is the only bio I'm really going to go into here. Um, (laughs) She writes like a paragraph and a half on pet peeves, and (laughs) just imagine her crazy look that she gave in this episode when she was staring at everybody. As I read her pet peeves now. Uh, did you, I don't remember if you, I think we probably covered this episode or some episode, Billy, but like you got these questionnaires too. Did you have something like pet peeves on yours? Uh, not pet peeves. I had like the really traditional, what's your favorite oh, yeah. drink? What's your, <laughs> what's your favorite food? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite flower? That, that was the one I was like, oh crap. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like really favorite flower? <laughs> like really? <laughs> It got to where I had to be, you know, at, at the beginning of me filling out the questionnaire, I was serious. I was like, all right, my favorite drink, my favorite adult beverage is a Corona. Uh, my favorite non-adult beverage was a chocolate milk. And then once I got into 
once I started getting deep into it, I started getting like super sarcastic. Who's your hero? It was Kurt Angle because he won a gold medal with a broke freaking neck. Like I just, I just got like really sarcastic and, and silly because the questions were silly in my opinion. And uh, yeah, I can imagine now with the pet peeves. All and right, stuff. everybody here gets to name their pet peeve before I read Natalie's. Billy, what's your pet peeve? Okay. Pet peeve. <laughs> <laughs> You're still sarcastic with it. Rossi, pet peeve. Uh, people who have too many pet peeves. <laughs> um, I'm going to read Natalie's pet peeves here. Hey, wait, wait, wait. You got oh, okay, I'll give mine. Um, realistically, pet peeve is people who don't give somebody the benefit of the doubt, who just jump to conclusions. Um, oh, okay, well, that's... Half yeah, exactly. My pet peeve <laughs> is half of the world. Uh, Natalie's pet peeve. Pet peeve, sorry. If there was a way to extra pluralize this, I would do it. People who are negative. People who talk too much, listen too little, and can't, in quotations, bust a grape. I don't know what that means. People... I, I just know the, the the talk too much, listen too little after episode one. Oh, yeah, there. exactly. <laughs> Uh, she goes on, people who tend to say no before they consider the yes. People who are quitters as they are too lazy, ignorant, or a combination thereof to do better. People who lack motivation but want others to make things happen for them. Sagging pants on young men. When my employees Ooh. make silly errors that cost me revenue. And lastly, when people sign up for things and are not fully committed, thereby negatively impacting results. That is a CEO with pet peeves. <laughs> <laughs> that is somebody who stepped over bodies to get what exactly she is. That's what that is. and there will be a dead body underneath her at some point before the season's over i'm calling it now um uh, i guess the big thing we have to talk about because we don't have a vote out this week uh which is great <laughs> but i i actually normally i hate when we get these because a you can see it coming when you start to get late in the episode, for a 60-minute episode, you're, you're conditioned to how long it is. So you're aware, wow, this episode's gone really long, and you look, and it's like, oh, they've only got five minutes left. Obviously, somebody's going to get medevaced or something like that. Uh, but this came like just at the right time, you know, just post-challenge, coming back for the commercial break. And it was so extended, and this is where I think the editing was so different from what we've seen before. Because I was only half paying attention because there was an announcement that I discovered, which we'll talk about in a second, which got me very excited, and most of Canada are excited, um, that had me distracted for you know a few minutes during this episode and a few days following that. But as soon as it came back in, and we're just seeing like these shots of waves, and it was different from like the, the typical shots you're used to. I just knew like something's different. What is this? And I almost thought that it was still a commercial because it just didn't look like Survivor. And then the way they just cut to the boats and then you know, the hauling uh, Pat on shore and everything, this was so dramatic. And I think, have we had scarier medevacs? I mean, you're never going to top you know, Mike Scoopin for a medevac or uh, Russell Swan for a medevac. But as far as the way it was presented and how dramatic it made the episode, for a medevac right at the end of the episode, like this is up there for me as one of the great medevacs I've seen on Survivor. And partly because it came from something so small and... I like how you were telling the story about, you know, the choppy waves and everything, Billy, and Saku puking, because that's all this came down to, and we have no footage, and we also got a little bit of a glimpse behind the scenes, because, you know, they film this in a way where you watch people, we kind of know now, you watch people walking towards Tribal Council, 
But then they, you know, take you in a boat or a truck or wherever your season is, and that's all off camera. Here we're seeing cameramen all over the place. We're seeing crew boats with cast members in them. It's a glimpse behind the scenes, and it literally just came down to we hit a wave, his back hit the wrong way. And, I mean, I don't, I don't have a lot of back problems or anything like that, but I can remember one point where it was the smallest thing that I did. It was just bending one time. And it was like the most excruciating pain I'd ever felt in my life. So I kind of felt for him, even though I'm sure this was way more severe. But for such a simple thing to take you out of the game, like this was as dramatic as you could have gotten. I think it's more dramatic than we could have gotten with a vote out. I don't know what uh, you thought, Billy. Uh, Well, first of all, on my season, my tribe was only half the size of his tribe. Hmm. And uh, but it was the same. Basically, they've been using the same boats ever since. Like they... So uh, I could tell you that um, uh, we were lucky with our season, with my season, that we were like half a tribe, and that uh, with only five players, we were able to. It, you have to go down mm-hmm. in the hall. You have to go down into uh, the, un- the undercarriage of the boat, and um, uh, you have to stay there for the entirety of the of the voyage. You can't come up. Um, and since there was only five of us, we were able to s- spread out and find a. a, a a nice spot to where we wouldn't bounce around too much. Uh, but every trip we took, we were bouncing mm-hmm. around. Like, we were hitting the waves hard. And so this is why a lot of survivors uh, were on Twitter and on social media all all voicing in one form or another. Like, this was like a ticking time bomb. It was going to happen eventually at some point. It's a miracle and it took this long. Um, I had imagined with a full tribe, it basically, as you go in and sit down, you know, you, you don't get to pick a good spot. You you pick whatever's open. And in uh, Pat's case, it looked like he, he might have got one of the spots that uh, was, you know, had a bend to it or something to where he's not completely flat. On You know, his back is not completely flat against the back of the, against the hull of the boat. Um, which, there are little spots like that in the hull. Because it's not meant to have ten people in, in the hull. It's meant for, like, the captain and maybe one other person. Um... So so yeah, hitting hitting the waves hard and stuff. You bounce around in there. I always thought it'd be a concussion because yeah. it's very it's very low riding in there. You you um you can't walk upright in 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 the, in, in that part of the boat in the undercarriage of the boat. You have to stoop down to get to, to to get to your spot where you sit. Um, so I always thought it'd be a concussion, but I'm not surprised that it that he hit his back and who who knows what it did to his back. Uh, we still don't know for yeah. certain. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, this is this is one of those where there's gonna be a lot of survivors for for a long time to come to go. I told you so to the show. And the only thing I didn't even read the whole article, but the only thing I really saw today on this was that I guess he has done an interview since where he says he can't remember anything about this medevac. Like he has no memory of it, which just shows you how much pain he was in. Um, but. I guess the other thing being like he was begging to stay in this game, which again, we've seen so many times, but there was so much sincerity with the way he was begging. And I mean, also for this early in the game, for there to be a medevac, I think that always will make the season feel more dangerous than it is. Even if this is kind of just a behind the scenes thing, it's not really, you know, some, a spider bite or anything like that. Um, but what, what was it? One world is probably the only time we've had a medevac in episode one. If I'm not wrong, Rossi, you're good with these things. Yeah. What was, yeah, go ahead. That sounds yeah. right. I didn't even. I, I completely forgot about yeah. that. 
because in my head I was like, oh, this is the earliest medevac ever. <laughs> I and was then, thinking that, and then I, I remembered, no, there was that really undramatic sprained ankle <laughs> episode one of One World, uh, which again, I'm sure hurt, but it, obviously this one was just so much bigger. Um, Rossi, what did you think of this as the, the, the climax of this first episode? I mean, a letdown in a sense, because, you know, you're you're just gearing up for this, like, heated, like, post-challenge, pre-tribal thing where everyone's kind of scrambling, they're trying to figure out, you know, and it's, this is the most important thing for us, because we don't know who's really together. We had a few conversations of people chatting, but we don't know the whole tribe yet, you know, who's really aligned with whom and stuff like that. So it was a little disappointing in that, and obviously it, it sucks to go out you know, have someone leave day three because they had a really bad injury. Uh, the only real problem that I have, main problem that I have, is that, like, I feel like this could have been avoided. I feel like they should have waited on the challenge. Like, I don't think they needed to do it in the middle of this intense rainstorm. And, like, his evacuation could have been avoided if production decided to wait, like, maybe an hour the challenge or they could have postponed it a day like and just done it you know day four and then had day six the next thing or something like that where his evacuation had nothing to do with something he could have controlled it was something that they could have controlled and they could have prevented him from leaving on day three because of that boat trouble like yeah i don't think they could they could have delayed the time because uh there's a lot that goes on with scheduling um, that, that, uh, you know, uh, it has a lot to do with things. You know, these challenges are, are literally done on rented property and you have to construct them and deconstruct them. And then the rented property, you only get it for that certain, that specific amount of time that, that was booked way, way in advance, months in advance. So I think scheduling wise, like it's something that it couldn't have been delayed, uh, like a day. As far as transportation, you know, if the Caesar are, first of all, they shouldn't put ten. Uh, this is what I was saying about some uh, other survivors. Kind of, I'm gonna say I told you so. They shouldn't put ten survivors in the in the in the hull of a ship that's made for like hmm. two or three people. Um, and if you have no choice, at least get two boats and 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 make it make it you know five in each, but. I, they gotten away with it for so so long that that uh you know they I doubt anybody could have co- talked them into doing it any mm-hmm. different. And, and as far as the, the the weather, I could tell you that weather in the in in Oceania, that part of the world, is so unpredictable that even when you got the radar right in front of you, like uh, uh, uh you know the, the the systems come in and they blow out just as quick. Like it, it's very unpredictable. Um, I wasn't in Fiji. I was in the Cook Islands, but it's not that far from Fiji. And it's literally sunny one minute. It's pouring cats and dogs the next minute. And then it's back to sunny the next minute. So, yeah, it's it's very unpredictable, uh, that part of the world when it comes to weather. I'm Pat also, I think another thing I appreciate about this episode, though, was that he was one of the few characters that were portrayed. I'm not going to say he was portrayed negatively. And I kind of like that he was because I, I remember after the first challenge or the first few confessionals, especially that uh, the way they introduced them and they were saying, you know, uh, you know, did you ever have the opportunity to go to medical school? But just the way it wasn't like he laughed it off. It just felt very real. It's like medical school. It's like uh, not even college. Like it's not even an option for me. 
And I'm, I'm like, I told my wife, I'm like, I think this guy's my favorite one so far. And then they had that one sequence where he was, you know, kind of rude and a lot, rubbing a lot of people the wrong way. For him to get this heroic exit, it caught me off guard. And I think that it's another area where, you know, you could say, well, this feels very unusual that they would choose to portray him in a negative way. But I think it also made this feel more unpredictable. Like if you're going to pick that somebody's going to be medevaced, often, you know, I think you would look at an episode and say, well, they're getting a pretty delightful edit this week. I wonder what's going to happen. But I'm pretty sure just because of how much personality we got out of him out of only a few you know, scenes, he's one that may have a possibility of coming back again, even being first. But I mean, they brought back Caleb. What? <laughs> Game changers. Uh, he made less of an impact yeah. in you know six episodes or whatever he was in, in two combined seasons. And I think Pat did in the first one. So I'd like to see Pat again. I don't know if either of you uh, had any opinions on him as a character. Watch what you say about Oh, Caleb. come on. <laughs> Get out of here with your bad opinions. <laughs> well, I, I will say Pat, uh, in his defense, wasn't he like a construction like foreman or construction crew manager mm-hmm. or something like that? So he was basically in his element doing his job uh, the way he's accustomed to doing his job, maybe forgetting that these are complete strangers and they're not like employees for the same company that he mm-hmm. manages. So, you know, uh, th- there might be something there to that. Um, uh, I do agree that his exit was very heroic. Um as for bringing him back, I, I, I wonder if, you know, since uh, people in the past have gotten, like, that extra paycheck, like Denise Martin got that oh, extra yeah. paycheck when she lost her lost her job in, after China, Survivor China, I wonder if he'll get that extra mm-hmm. paycheck, that extra 50 grand or so, whatever whatever that number is that Mark Burnett likes to throw out when he kind of feels bad for you. <laughs> <A> Mark Burnett <laughs> payoff? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, uh I know the biggest one he gave out was the Lex yeah. when they kind of screwed over with the uh, with the with that challenge in mm-hmm. Africa. But um, yeah, I doubt he'll get one that big. But if he does, I wouldn't complain. Maybe he'll get say. Alex 10k for the reunion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he'll have that extra 10k. Good call. <laughs> uh, just to go on the record here, Pat has one pet peeve, and it is cracking my knuckles. His only pet peeve is something he does, which is great. <laughs> what? His pet peeve is cracking my knuckles. Not mine as in Colin, but <laughs> he his pet peeve is himself. So, I don't know. I, I, I hope that we, maybe partly because of what you said, Billy, like it, it really was out of his hands. It wasn't like it was his doing that he is out of this game in any way. He's the one guy where I think throw him a bone, bring him back on another season. It would be great. Um, we're going to get to some listener questions here, which, uh, I'm not sure if I got all of them. So if somebody's listener questions missed, uh, Ben, of course, couldn't be on this episode with us. And, um, he, (laughs) (laughs) uh, he, he did share with me some listener questions that I had as of this morning, but I don't think he's awake yet. So any listener questions that may have come in in the last, I don't know, 14 hours, we won't have, but we do got a couple to get to here. Uh, one of which I'm very excited about uh, because I get to answer this question partly too. Uh, but let's just um, start it off here as soon as I scroll down and my page decides to load, which it is not doing. So I will skip to another question, which I can't do because I don't have Ben's. There we go. <laughs> All right, here we go. First question from Marlene, um, who asks, hey, hey. what was that? I was just going to say, oh, hey, hey Marlene. Marlene. Rossi, say hey to Marlene. Don't be rude. 
I'm going to be rude. I don't have Marlene. <laughs> we just lost a listener. <laughs> thanks. Uh, Marlene says... I'm sure... You're sure what? I'm sure she's deeply concerned that um, <laughs> I'm not going to say hi to her. <laughs> she remembers you because you have a memorable name. Give her some credit. Um, Marlene, you have a memorable name, too. We haven't seen a Marlene on Survivor before. But Marlene says, Natalie Cole is my new queen. She's going to be a huge character. Billy, how would you handle a person like Natalie Cole if you played with her? I would call her ma'am. <laughs> that would be the first thing I'd do. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, uh, the second thing, uh, you know what? Um, when, when, when someone's like that, uh, I, I wish I would have had her on my season. Because someone like that draws a lot of a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Dressed the way that I did, I drew a lot of attention. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have needed somebody with a you know that draws more attention than I would have. So I I would have totally like wanted to work with her just to keep her around because and also because she's perpetually seems to be perpetually throwing these these evil eyes out. She she looks like somebody that'd be good to sit next mm-hmm. to. Like she'd sit next to her and, and just let her let her glare at the at the jury and then i'll just crack some jokes and everybody will like me more it doesn't even matter if i did anything to earn the money just, just be more likable she's your goat so she's my goat she's my goat uh, uh but yes it, 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 i also think that a woman like her knows knows every conceivable way to pull the rug out from under somebody because you could tell she fought to get where she is like it was she she comes from a doggy dog business and uh being a minority being a woman uh all that all that she had to overcome so she's going to know like how to brawl how to how to get into a Pearson's brawl with a group of people so i'd also want that in my corner as well uh second question here or there's actually two questions here from chris dixon first one how far do you think pat could have gone if it wasn't for his evacuation what do you think billy Hmm, how far could he have gone? Well, he's a New Yorker, so I want to believe that he'd go far. Uh, I, I think if he'd have stuck around, Nick would have went out at, mm-hmm. at Tribal Council because of the not working yeah. um, and getting busted for it. So uh, he would have at least he would have at least made it past this episode. I we could I, I think I could feel confident saying that. Um, how far could he have gone? A lot of factors would have mattered, um, but he'd have had a shot to go to go to, to make the jury. You'd have had a shot. Uh, second question uh, on Cook Islands: If you had to pick four other people oh. from the season to be on your tribe, who would it be instead oh. of the other four people of your race? So, ideally, they do Cook Islands as four tribes still, but you get to pick the other three tribe members from any of the other ones. What would be your tribe of four or five? Wow, five. So, for for alliance sakes, I, I would have. I would have picked. Uh, I would pick Cowboy and Flicka. Plus, I also think nobody matched up well with Flicka in mm-hmm. challenges for Alliance Six. And then, um, I guess it, de- I, I, it would be another woman. And so, because uh, we would already have uh, no, just myself and Cowboy. I mentioned three people. I need two yeah. more, right? Um, myself, Cowboy, and, and Flicka. So I guess the other man, uh, I would have went with maybe um, uh, Nate. Just uh, he was he was a pure challenge piece that was also like he his his strategy was always to hang out with the bros mm-hmm. so being one of being a guy like that would have worked in my favor as well but he was a challenge piece and uh as far as the women go 
can I say not yeah, Candace? Yes. Is that, is that, that an answer? <laughs> but, um, geez, what would be another woman? Uh, you know what? Um, I think I'd, have been, I'd say Jenny. Jenny, Jenny Gusenbach, she, she was so underrated because she got shafted by that whole message in the bottle, uh, uh, twist. But she was, uh, seeing her in person, she actually was a mover and shaker in the challenges. She, her tribe got, you know, her tribe uh, succeeded because of her, but you got all the glory. She did all the dirty work and you got all the glory. She did a lot of the, a lot of the, she was, she was the secret weapon in that tribe. And there's a memorable tribe too. (laughs) You put those five people on a tribe, you're going to remember them whether they win or lose. I know Sekou, if he's listening to this, he's going to be mad at me. He's like, we're fellow musicians, what are you doing? The vomitorium, Sekou, that's what I'm thinking. (laughs) Uh, Last question here. I think this one might be more for me, but everybody else feel free to chime in on your thoughts from Sally here. Congrats on the news of Canadians being able to go on Survivor. Which uh, is what distracted me for part of this episode. Um, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but uh, the main question here is, no offense, why can't Canada be worthy of their own series and not just an addition to the U.S. Survivor? I'm excited by the news, though. Russell Hant setting the trend of other countries getting on other shows. I hadn't thought about that, but, Ross, you're watching the Australian Survivor. Uh, I obviously, know Russell didn't do too well on that, but that's you know an example of how you're able to, I guess, have... Uh, people of other countries competing on like the local versions so obviously it's possible for it to happen now but like canadians being on survivor this is huge news and if anybody hasn't heard about this uh probes made an announcement on entertainment Tonight canada which is weird because i was watching the show waiting for survivor to come on and they had no mention it must have been right at the beginning so i found out halfway through the episode uh but this isn't a local like canadian survivor this is Survivor is now open to both U.S. applicants and Canadian applicants, and they would play together, which is huge because Canada is one of the few countries that has no Survivor, and yet it's probably, as far as ratings go, bigger in Canada than it is anywhere in the world. I mean, I know it's still a top five show, sometimes top three show in Canada. Um, wow. As for why it doesn't have its own series, really it comes down to, at least this is my opinion, it's because it's so big here, and the network, there's, I guess three or four major networks in Canada, the network that it's on global, it's not like the number not one network in the country by far. Um, and Survivor is like the crown jewel of global. So it being on in the fall, in the spring, if you were to do a Canadian Survivor, it would have to be on in the summer. And then you have Survivor around the clock, and I think you just end up splitting the ratings, and they probably just don't want to hurt the ratings they have already. But this is huge. I mean, you know, Billy... Rossi, one day the three of us could all be on one season of Survivor together. Like, uh, any opinions on this? You guys excited? I mean, we've gone through so many seasons and there's only so many combinations of casting. You're opening up, you know, tens of thousands of new applicants now. This has got to be good for the show, right? Well, I think so. Um, I think it's great for the show. I think, um, first of all, it'd be exciting to be on a season with both of you guys. Yes. Um, secondly, secondly, I, I think. I think differently as to why Canada hasn't gotten its own Survivor. I think you need a, basically a billionaire in order to have your version of Survivor to say, I want my country to have a version mm-hmm. of Survivor. And if Canada doesn't have a billionaire ready to step up, 
the 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 plunk down the money to say I want my country to have a version of Survivor, then Canada doesn't get its own version mm. of Survivor. That's that's what I think it is. Uh, a billion, you need that billionaire executive producer to to say I want this show in my country or this country, my country to have its own version of that show. Um, so that's why I think. But uh, I think this is better. Yeah, I think uh, getting on this version of Survivor, which is maybe I'm biased. Okay, I'll admit I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> Not maybe I am. Uh, I think this is the top version of Survivor globally. Uh, Thirty-seven seasons. It says a lot, you know. Um, and so uh, if you're gonna play, you might as well play in the major leagues, right? Yeah. So I think this is better. This is better. So you know, come on, Canadians, this is gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, make sure that you apply. Make sure that you uh you get your app you, know, you get you get your application in and your video done on time. And uh, I believe season thirty nine will be the first season where we have mm-hmm. Canadians. So so yeah, let's let's rock it, Canadians. Let's get in here and and let's do this. Thing. Uh, two things. One. That billionaire will be me. When I go on and I win Survivor Season 39, I'll come back for the next Heroes vs. Villains, win that. I'll invest all that money, become a billionaire, and then I'll bring the local Canadian Survivor. Uh, all right. <laughs> and secondly, uh, I completely agree with what you're saying about it. It's, it's a better one to be on. You know, when this was announced, all I kept telling people is, you know, I, if I had the choice between I want to be on Canadian Survivor or I want to be on Survivor with Jeff Probst there as the host, you know, to, to be listed among the contestants with the all-time greats like Sandra and Lex and Billy and all the other legends <laughs> of Survivor, I want to be on that version of the show. Uh, one of the things is not like the other. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't mean to knock Lex there. But anyways... Uh, <laughs> Rossi, um, did you hear about this news? Are you excited by it? Do you, do you think you're going to get more casting? And also, have you ever tried out for the show, Rossi? I did once. I, when that was, I don't know. Um, but I look forward to the day we're on the same season. That way I can beat you and <laughs> prove that I'm better. <laughs> I... I actually, uh, um, I mentioned this to you, Billy, that, you know, you have to give me some pointers on like a video, but I don't know if we ever covered it. You probably did in your original interview with Ben, but did you do like, uh, I know that you auditioned for it normally, but did you do an audition video application? Like what was your audition process like? Uh, yeah, I went to an open casting call in, uh, in, in New York City, but in the open casting call, they had like 20 cameras set up, uh, and each, you know, each applicant had to go in front of a camera and through and shoot a three-minute spiel. Um, so yeah, I still had to do a video. I just did it at an open mm-hmm. casting call in front of everybody. And my advice to you is to take all the things that you think is great about you that the people cast as Survivor want to know about, and make take those bullet points and make a run-on sentence out of those mm-hmm. bullet points, and have that be the beginning of your mm-hmm. video. Um, and don't and don't generalize. Like if I were to generalize about myself, I'd say I'm Hispanic American, mm-hmm. right? I didn't say that. I said I was uh, Dominican New Yorker. So that's very specific. That's a specific kind of Hispanic, a specific part of, of New York of 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 America. Uh, and so my spiel that started off my video was that uh, I'm Billy Garcia, uh, a Dominican New Yorker, a heavy heavy metal guitar playing pro wrestling <laughs> former Marine. And so in one sentence, you got my whole life. And then I, you know, after those 30 seconds, you could take that and elaborate why that 
should be on Survivor. You 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 almost and, had like your own characters going there, like I am Billy Dominican, Billy American, Billy Heavy Metal, Billy <laughs> this, Billy Pro Wrestler, <laughs> Billy that. <laughs> yeah. So when you take all those bullet points, there's gonna and make it into a run on sentence. A, you get a lot out of the way and prove that you can shoot a, a confessional, mm-hmm. that you can tell a story within a yeah. sentence. And B, there's something in there that's going to hit. There's something in there that's going to say, yeah, I like that about this guy. We need, to, we need, to, on, on, we need that on our show. And uh, I, I don't even know how, like, how early they start with the casting. Like, they basically have said Canadians can send their videos in as of now. You know, this is how you apply. Yep. So I guess it's already going on. And it's funny because this was announced in the middle of the episode. And uh, about, uh, I don't know, five minutes after the episode ended, I sent text messages out to a few people, like my, my family and everything. Hey, look what they're doing. And uh, you know, my brother got back to me that night and said, have you applied yet? Like it was just, it was a given. It's like, <laughs> if this is ever happening, I'm applying. So like, there's no question I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, uh, apply to be on the show. For me, I wouldn't care if I get one call back. I'm like, hey, I succeeded. I'll, let me try again next year. And when my, my sister asked me about it earlier today, she said, uh, okay, so I already know, like, if you don't get on this and this show runs for another 30 years, you're going to be applying for this thing in your 60s. <laughs> I'll just keep going till I get on there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, this is exciting. I think that you're going to get so many Canadians, especially because I think with the American version, you've had a lot of people who've applied for like the last 30 some odd seasons and they're only now getting on. Yep. And, uh, yep. you know, so somebody like Rossi, there is a chance we could play on the same season. But, like, for Canadians, everybody's fresh. Nobody's ever had a shot before. So, I mean, you're going to have right. a lot of big personalities looking to try. Maybe we're even going to get, like, a, an America versus Canada season. That would be an exciting thing, too. Then we could be head-to-head Rossi. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't work with you on the try yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um. <laughs> I don't know how much more we're going to cover this season, but like before we get to rating the episode and everything, do we uh, are we interested? Do we think that this is a promising season? Where's it going to go from here, uh, Billy? What do you think? Um, it it started out good, so I have hopes, but at the same time, I don't. I, I you know maybe it's just the way I am. I keep I like to keep my expectations mm-hmm. down so that. You can only get yeah. better. <laughs> you know, they can only exceed my expectations by keeping my expectations down. Um, I always speak well of Survivor, though, because uh, I- I'm-, I'm of the mindset that there really is no such thing as a as a bad season of Survivor or a bad episode of Survivor. There's just a- such a thing as a better season of Survivor mm-hmm. and a better episode of Survivor. So, uh, yeah, I-, I have hopes for this season, but as for whether it's, it's worthy – of me spending, you know, uh, a, a day every week uh, in, in front of this microphone, calling, you know, recapping this, the, the the episodes. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> we may have been burned by a season in the past. <laughs> yeah, last season I spent the whole thing talking about the same five yeah. people. <laughs> so there you go. Rossi, do you have hope for this season? I do. I thought this was like one of the best like premieres in a while. I thought it was enjoyable. We got a lot of people. We got to know people. There was fun challenges. It wasn't challenges weren't the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Um, just so much, and I and we got to hear from people. I feel like at this point in Ghost Island, even though it was 
a two episode premiere, like we still at that point were like, this Chelsea person is really going to be invisible yeah. <laughs> by the end of it. I feel like, and that was like in episode one we said people were saying mm-hmm. that, and I don't think we're getting that this season. I feel like, yeah, some people are going to be under edited, like some of these blondes or some of these like, you know, women that don't have major personalities are probably going to get pushed aside. But I feel like most people are going to get an edit. And like, it just gives me hope because I think that this season's off to a great start. Uh, do we want to buy this, rent it, or bin it? Billy, what do you want to do? Uh, I'm going to rent it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to rent it. Uh, right now, my la- before this episode started, my last, my last uh, Survivor episode I saw was last year's finale. Mm-hmm. And so that's, the, uh, that's basically my, my, my new standard for modern survivor buy it was the last episode of last season where you know it made up for the rest of the yeah. season um in fact i i remember saying something to this effect uh, in in uh the my last podcast for the odds network for that season was the if you know a person who's not a fan of survivor like that would be the episode a modern episode mm-hmm. to show for them to become a fan of Survivor, and you don't need to see any of the other episodes of that season because uh, it's perfectly recapped within that episode. Um, so that's my new standard for buy it. So that makes this episode a rent it. But considering considering how how many you know uh, people I had come on last last season and say bin it, <laughs> <laughs> I, I expect this season to be. To be a whole, whole lot better. Rossi, what are you going to do? You know, I really dug it. I'm going to buy it. I really this love it. It's like the, the first thing you've bought in weeks. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> well, you're giving me crappy, amazing episodes <laughs> or whatever. Uh, with crappy winners. So I got to start on a high oh. note. Um, I'm not going to listen to this. <laughs> Maybe they'll apply for survivors. <laughs> Uh, I'm probably going to buy it too because even though I think you know it's been a long time since there's been a premiere where I'm like you know this season is going to be incredible I don't think I'm walking away from saying this season is going to be incredible just yet but similar to what you were saying Billy about the finale of last season which I mean if there was ever a season that was difficult to get through that was it I mean I, I don't even remember if I was on uh, closer to the end of the season at any point but I stopped watching it for a month before the finale. And then the day of the finale, I binge watched the four episodes leading up to it just because I'm like, I know it's going to get spoiled for me. I don't even care for the season, but I just don't want it to be spoiled because then I'll never watch it. And I watched those four episodes and then the finale, I'm like, this may be one of the greatest finales I've ever seen. So it, it definitely set the bar high, but I think I'm so optimistic between the finale last season and the premiere here, where even though it's a two-episode okay. thing, I'm like, the show might be back on track. So my my interest is peaked, so I'll buy it as well. But uh, all right, uh, I, I mean, it's it's an endorsement from all three of us, I think, regardless. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, you know, to the hardcore Survivor fans, I, I would say that uh, uh, your loyalty is paying off between last season's finale and this season's yeah. uh, first episode. So uh, to 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 the brand new fans, I would say, uh, um, you you know this you you came in on a good time. <laughs> you, you came in between last season's finale and this season's first episode. You jumped on the bandwagon at a mm-hmm. good time. <laughs> you you might not be a fan if you came in at a different <laughs> time in recent memory. <laughs> um, 
because because uh, you know this season it's it's like this is the first time that I'm looking at the cast and I and, and I'm feeling like okay like we don't have three quarters of the cap all of the cast all trying to fly under the radar simultaneously. Yeah. Like they they, they, uh, they 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 all are comfortable being in front of the camera and saying what they have to say and, and being being however they are. So it, I'm optimistic. And I guess one thing we forgot to do is uh, which tribe are we going to be on if we're on this season? Are, Billy, are you a oh. David or are you a Goliath? Huh. Well, I'm going to answer this in a very inappropriate way. <laughs> And say, if you ask my last several girlfriends, I'm a Goliath. <laughs> but <laughs> please tell me it's not because but... you went down in the end. <laughs> but <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, I think casting would put me on a date. <laughs> Rossi, you David or Goliath? I mean, everyone wants to be like, well, I'm the the David. I had it rough, you know, like. In terms of like getting that underdog yeah. story, but I feel like I would end up being stuck on the Goliath, not not necessarily because I'm this super successful, but I I haven't had it as quite as rough as Pat mm. or um, some of the others on that tribe. Yeah, that's interesting too. I hadn't even thought about that. That the way they're presenting the Davids aren't even necessarily like they're physically weaker or they are nerdy. It's these people have had it rough and they haven't had a lot of breaks, whereas these. Dave or these Goliaths, you know, they're they're extremely successful. So, yeah, that's an interesting way of looking at it. I mean, I I think I'm I'm gonna end up on the David tribe. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think I think I agree with you in that maybe a, a an a, an also known as name this season could be named as is like uh, underdogs versus golden yeah. boys. Yeah, and I think that that's what they have to focus on going forward and not the physical versus the mental thing. And I like that this episode, they had some of that. And I hope the whole season focuses on, you know, these people have had, not these people are privileged, but these people have, even if it's through their own doing, they've had a lot of breaks. You know, uh, they may have worked hard for it, but they've had a lot of breaks. And these people, no matter what you do, I I was sort of watching this episode thinking, would it be more fair to call the David tribe the Charlie Brown tribe? Because they're just like, they try hard, but something's always going to go wrong for them. They're never going to hit that football. <laughs> the hard knock yeah. tribe. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> the hard knock tribe versus the golden boys. <laughs> golden boy girls. I don't know. The golden boys and girls. <laughs> That's a different tribe. <laughs> yeah. Golden people. I don't know. That's too PC. <laughs> golden person. <laughs> golden person. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so I guess an endorsement from all three of us. Uh, Billy, do you have anything coming up you want to plug? Uh, you know what? I'm going to surprise everybody and not plug a thing for the first <laughs> time in 13 years. <laughs> Rossi, do you have anything you want to plug for yourself or Billy? Um, listen to the Oz Network for maybe some Spotify episodes. <laughs> Who knows? And that's where we're at. We're kind of at a who knows, I guess. Uh, ultimately, it's not because we're not interested in the show. And we know that the majority of our listeners started with us covering just for Survivor. Uh, we're ultimately doing this because it was an interesting episode to talk about. And, you know, it's good to keep something out there. We don't know if we'll do this every week. But 
I'm committed to. I'd like to at least check in somewhere around the merge and you know maybe around the finale, and we could just go from there. Uh, but uh, either way, we got other stuff coming up on the Oz Network. Uh, our movie recaps have been slow because Ben was traveling. We did record Grease live here in my living room uh, with myself, <laughs> Ben, Jamie, and Mallory. We already got some feedback from a few people telling us that uh, it was a good episode, but that we should not take up karaoke anymore. <laughs> Um, so our anniversary month is continuing, which we would have had the episode going up the, a day or two ago, but, uh, Ben has some job interviews, so <laughs> he's trying to get paid uh, for yeah. his work. Oh. So we will be doing the recap of the 50th anniversary of 2001, a space odyssey, probably within a day or two of, uh, this episode going up. And then after that, we will be moving on to the last action heroes, 25th anniversary and the 30th anniversary or 20th anniversary of Roland Emmerich's Godzilla, which will be fun. Uh, as well as the regular Nip Tuck, Lost, and Third Watch, and all those other things that we cover. So uh, if you're only listening – what's that? I was just going to ask, are you going to do a, a cover the uh, – I think it's the 35th anniversary of Transformers the movie? Oh, and you know, you posted that you went to the movie last night. I was just thinking yes. today, like, there's there's an animated – you wouldn't expect it, but an animated movie that can make grown men cry. <laughs> Yeah, Optimus Prime. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> you know, if nothing else, if we if we have a delay of another week because Ben has found you know a paying job or something like that, Billy and I maybe will do Transformers the movie with Rossi joining us. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's a that's a great movie. We definitely have to do something like that. Uh, but there'll be other stuff coming up on the Oz Network. So if you want to listen to us for Survivor, stay tuned. We may pop in when you least expect it. Maybe it'll be next week. Maybe it'll be three, four weeks from now. But there's other stuff to listen to. Uh, Billy, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. And and since we didn't cover the, ch- the immunity challenge, oh. I'll just quickly say I'll just quickly say that was the best six one nine in Survivor <laughs> history. <laughs> That's a wrestling reference. Look up the 619 while you're at it, people. <laughs> uh, Rossi, thank you for being here, and thank you for not giving us both a 619. Um, yeah, I'm glad I could not do that, because I was worried that I would. I, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, it was a great episode. Glad to be here. And my name is Colin Mundo, Colin Impact, Colin Morrison, Colin Nitro. Stay tuned for Survivor eventually. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.